before everybody else. Why did Mary do this on this day at this time? It's because Mary understood that what Jesus was telling them wasn't just a bedtime story. It wasn't just a call to action. Jesus was letting them know that literally he was going to die. Literally, he was going to be put in the tomb. And literally, he was going to rise again. See, Peter, James, John, the twelve, I'm not sure they actually got it until Jesus was nailed to the cross. They didn't understand it. But Mary got it. The light bulb was illuminated. And Mary did something no one else would do. This is an extreme act of worship this is going above and beyond this is radical radical worship john 12 1 through 8 well john 12 also records the account of the triumphal entry we know it as palm sunday how many of you grew up going to church and maybe they would even hand out a palm of some sort to you anybody i can remember that I can remember in junior church getting the green construction paper and trying to cut it and come up with something that looked like a a palm of some sort from a palm tree, a leaf from a palm tree. That's what today is. Well, that account is also recorded in John chapter 12. Let's read that account together, beginning with verse 12. It says, The next day the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Now Jesus found a young donkey and he sat upon it. As it is written, do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. Now, at first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that he had done and that they had done these things to him. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Look at this verse 18. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. And so the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is a parade. This is a celebration. Think of, uh, think of the homecoming parade in Clinton, or think of the fire truck parade in Clinton. It seems like every year on Wednesday night, the fire truck parade takes place right as we're getting ready to start our adult Bible study in the fellowship hall. Guess what? Those fire truck sirens are loud. They're really loud. And every time I'm here, I hear them, I'm reminded that it's a parade. I'm reminded something special is taking place. And that's exactly what's taking place in John chapter 12. The crowds are swarming. Jesus is entering as if he just won a Super Bowl, as if he just won a World Series. People are waving palm branches, and they're singing incredible words of praise, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Do you think anyone present could imagine that just five days later, the shouts would sound much different? Just five days later, 
They would not hear the shouts of Hosanna or blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The shouts would be instead, crucify him. Crucify. Crucify. What a difference a week can make. I want to read a couple more verses from John chapter 12 before I transition into what I want to leave you with today. Just verses 20, 21, and 22. Outsiders seeking after Jesus. Verse 20 says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. This is kind of a commentary section. John is sharing commentary. He shared this incredible anointing that took place by by Mary, this act of extreme radical worship. He shared about the triumphal entry. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now we have this right here. What, What do we do with this? Well, the picture that I want to paint for you this morning is that even within the last five to six days before his crucifixion, People are still seeking to know more about Jesus. They're curious. They're not sure what to make. They're not sure what is unfolding. His legend is really growing. His legend is really developing. So in John 12, we see three things. In John 12, we see the anointing. In John 12, we see the triumphal entry. In John 12, we see seekers. So so what's that have to do with us? How do we make that relevant for my life and your life in 2011? I'm glad you asked because I I have three points of application. And number one is this. The same three reactions to Jesus that we saw in John chapter 12 are alive and well today. Let's look at those reactions one more time. Three reactions to Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. The legend of Jesus continues to grow. Many Jews become followers of Jesus. Many people are saying, I want to be a Christ follower. I want to be a disciple. I'm with him, they're saying. And yet the opposition to Jesus is more determined than ever to stop or to quiet him. Just think about your world right now. Think about your neighborhood. Think about your workplace. Think about maybe your family for some of us. My guess is you have people in your life that are interested in knowing more about Jesus. They think there might be something worth knowing more. They're not ready to sell out yet. They're not ready to say, I want to be a disciple. But but they're, they're investigating. They're interested in spiritual things. Right now, in America and throughout the world, more people are coming to know Jesus Christ than ever before. Churches all across our country are exploding in population growth in many ways. We get updates as a mission team and as a leadership team of new church work that's going on in places like Rhode Island and out west. And it's exciting, exciting times in many ways. People are saying, I want to be a disciple. I want to be a follower. But number three, I believe that opposition to Jesus is as extreme, it's as strong, it's as radical as it's ever been. Let's look at that next slide for just a minute, Chris. 
Those who are interested in Jesus, those who are following Jesus, and those who oppose Jesus. If I were to summarize my world, the world I live in, I could start naming names of people that fit each of those three categories, and you probably could as well. So understand, the reactions from John 12, verses 9 through 11, are the same as the reactions to Jesus today. Secondly, I believe that as we study God's Word, Jesus has words of truth for each of these three groups of individuals. If you want to spend time this week in God's Word, as we move to Thursday night, we're going to do the Monday Thursday service. It's going to be a special time. Some people have said, what what do you do at a Monday Thursday service? You're throwing that term out, not really sure what's happening. Monday Thursday will be a reading of the events that took place on Thursday night of Passion Week. We're going to read about the Last Supper, and then we're going to share communion together. We're going to read about Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and then you're all going to take your shoes off. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to you. We are going to read John 13 and look at what it really means to be a servant following after Jesus. But if you want to really get an inside look to the events of Easter week, I challenge you this week to read at least once, maybe multiple times, John chapters 12 through 21. You'll get to chapters 14 through 17, and it'll seem like one big paragraph. And it is in many ways. But it is the very heart of Jesus for you and for me, for his disciples, for those of us that follow after him. And in John chapter 14, I believe he would have a word of truth for each of these three groups of individuals. What would he say to those who are interested in him? They're exploring him. They're not sure if they really are ready to buy in, but but they think he did some really good things. And wow, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Here's what I believe he would say. I believe he would say to each and every seeker, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Truth would be proclaimed. Now, I share that with you today because if that's where you're at, maybe you're someone just kind of checking it out. You're not really sure what you believe. Understand, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. Maybe you have someone in your life that fits that category. They're they're checking Jesus out. They're interested in spiritual things. They're trying to get the life map, the spiritual life map, all figured out. Can I challenge you to share that verse with them in love? Maybe jot them a note, send them an email, take them out for a cup of coffee, and say, I just need you to know, here's who Jesus was. Here's what Jesus said to those that were closest to him. Well, what would Jesus say to his followers, those who are committed to being his disciples? It's a verse that you've heard Kent Hickerson read probably 200 times at funerals. But I believe it's a powerful truth for you and for me. Here's what he would say. It's verse one. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Those are comforting words at a funeral. Friends, those are encouraging words at 8.15 on Sunday morning or at 8.15 on Monday night. I believe Jesus would say to his disciples, don't be troubled. Don't be scared. Trust in God. Trust in me. This is all part of the plan. And then what would Jesus say to those who oppose him? And 
Again, this isn't feel sorry for Christian day, but understand, opposition to Jesus Christ has never been stronger than the opposition we see in our world today. And here's what I believe Jesus would say from John 14, 11. I believe he'd say, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. What's that verse tell us? Jesus is saying, I am fully God. I am fully man. Jesus is saying, I'm more than just a good teacher. I'm more than just a rabbi. I'm more than just a carpenter. I am God. And I believe that's what he would share with those who oppose him today. I've got a third application that I want to leave you with today. It's really very simple. It's kind of a play on the title of our sermon. And here's what it is. This week can make all the difference in the world. This week can make all the difference in the world. See, here's the point of this message this morning. The point is this. It's all about Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. We struggle many times because we get caught up in the busyness of our lives. And we think it really is all about us in so many ways. Jesus says it's all about him. You heard it in the video today. It's not about you. And so I want to leave you with a question this morning. It's a question only you can answer. What difference will this week make for you? Will it be just another week? Will it be a week where maybe you get Friday off? Will it be a week where maybe you see your kids more than you usually do? Or will it be a week where you connect more than ever before with Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, who went to the cross for you and me and then beat death once and for all? What a difference a week makes. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for providing for us. Father, now bless us as we enter into this very special week. Help us not to allow it to just be another week. But help us to realize that one week really can make all the difference in the world. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Greg. As we come to the time of invitation, I, I want to encourage you, as we're singing, just to allow your mind to pray to God. Allow your mind to say, God, what do you want from me right now? What do you want from me this week? And if you have a decision to make this morning, if you really feel like God is calling you to, to come forward, if you feel like you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the very first time, we invite you, as the song is being sung, we invite you to come up to the front. Won't you stand with me this morning? Let's sing together, Jesus, I come. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus, I come, Jesus, I come. Into thy freedom, gladness 
I come. 